0: We're um, we're in the middle, not really the middle, near the beginning of a sermon series on finding God in some unlikely places. And the idea is that God is whispering um, His love to us, His presence to us all over this world. Now, we find that when we come to church, we can hear God more clearly. We're here for a purpose. We're here to find God. But even if you don't know about church... God is still looking for you. That's the point of what we're trying to get at here. God is still looking for you. And that was the point in my Christian anthropology class in seminary. Um, Kevin and I had always lived in Texas. And so when we got married and we were I was getting ready to go to seminary, we decided we wanted an adventure. We wanted to live somewhere exotic and different than Texas. And so we chose Kentucky. Hey, they gave me a scholarship. So we went to have an adventure in Kentucky. And it was a great school. And, but my favorite class was one that Kevin and I took together. And I had taken an anthropology class in college. And I thought it was fascinating, the study of cultures. This one was called Christian Anthropology. And it was for missionaries. Although I think it's the class that pastors should take. Because it talks about how everywhere you go, you're not the first person there. Even if you're going to a culture where they have never heard... The name Jesus. God has been there in some way. And the professor pointed to all these places in the Bible where people cared about the culture of a place, about listening to what that place was so that they could share God with them. And he pointed to Paul in Athens. Now, when Paul went to Athens, he didn't, like, jump up on a soapbox and start telling the Athenians, hey, listen, you got it all wrong. He spent a day kind of being a tourist. He looked around. He listened. And by the end of the day, he went back to this statue that was, they had lots of different gods, okay? Gods and goddesses, and they had all these different monuments to all these different gods. And he went back to this one, which was like the just-in-case monument. So they had all these ones to all these different gods they knew the names of. And then there was this one to an unknown god. That's the just-in-case, y'all. Like, just in case we've left anybody out, and they're going to sap us with lightning, just in case, here's your statue, unknown God, we salute you. And Paul went and stood by the unknown God statue and said, you have a statue here to a God you do not know. Let me tell you about him. And he told him about the one God and what God had done through Jesus Christ. And there were many people who listened to him that day because he was using something from their culture. And he was saying, this wasn't just you doing this. This was God giving me a way in to talk to you about himself. And so my idea is no matter where I go, No matter where y'all go, in Spicewood even, God is still doing that. Because not everybody's coming to church on Sunday. But God is still wanting to talk to and have a relationship with those people. And so I've had you challenge me in hopes that if you know that I can look for and find God in a bar, then you know you can look for and find God in your workplace, no matter how awful it is, okay? Or in your neighborhood, or where in your school, wherever you go. That we're going to be on the lookout for God, just like Paul was, so that maybe when we see an evidence of God, we can have that chance to say, let me tell you about this, God. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would open our ears. So that we could hear you whispering, your whispers of love out in this world. And we pray that you would open our eyes so that we could look for you beyond where we're expecting to find you and find you in some unexpected places. And then we pray that you would give us the hearts to embrace that you are all around us and the courage to share you with people who may be too afraid to come into church but might find you in a bar. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Pooties. Okay, for those of y'all who don't know, Poodies um, Hilltop Bar and Grill, or I've also seen Hilltop Roadhouse, is along 71. It's a Spicewood institution, although a lot of people have been like, so what's Pooties?" Okay, so Pooties is this, this bar, and Pootie was Willie Nelson's manager. So, he was beloved in the community, in our community, but he also had a long reach in the music world. And so, he could bring in people to his bar, to his venue, that would never have come to Spicewood otherwise. So, if you love music, you knew Pootie because Pooty got great musicians into his roadhouse, okay? Now, Pooty passed away about a year ago, and it was really sad for the whole community, but the, his place is still going, and so one of the places that when I said, okay, where should we look for God? Everybody was like, ha ha ha, pooties. Try pooties on, you know, try try that one, Pastor Laura. Um, so I, I I was like, okay, game on. We can do this. Let's go to Pooties." And um, Christine was like our ambassador. Christine's somewhere around here. Somewhere. Christine, there she is. Back there. Yeah. She's like our ambassador. She sent out an email. She made sure we had tables. She was awesome. And so I get there. And I don't know if this is atypical, but it was funny because there were like three Lexuses in a row at Pooties. That may just be typical. I don't know. But I got there and I was like, well, okay, this is a different kind of a bar, you know, or a honky tonk that I've been to. And so I walk in. You know how many church people were there? 18. 18 people were like, all right, we're going to Pooties," And some of y'all have been really bummed that you missed this. It's just hysterical. I mean, I've been, can we go again? Can we get another group going to Pooties again? And so maybe we will. I don't know. But we took up two tables. We had a lot of fun and I needed this help, y'all. I needed this help because God is not like going to smack you in the face right when you walk into Pootie's. It's going to be a hard look. So I needed 18 sets of eyes um, looking for God at Poodie's. And um, when I walked in the door, though, I will say Pootie and I got off on the right foot. Um, first of all, this is Pootie. Um, this is his representation in wood and you can tell people like rub his belly and take pictures with him all the time. But when I walked in, you had to pay a cover and the lady at the table said, are you over 21? (laughs) I love pooties. Okay. So we got off on a good foot and then I had, and then I told everybody, okay, so remember what we're doing here. We're looking for God. And some of them were like, what? I saw you. What? So then they started looking around, and there were all kinds of people. Said, "Well, you could find God in a bottle behind the bartender." <laughs> or they said, "Have you eaten the pootie burger? Have you eaten the pootie burger? You may not want to know what's in it, but it's heavenly. You can find God in the pootie burger." Um, somebody said, "You know, I've heard people calling out to God in the bathroom." <laughs> wow. And then I heard stories about, like, Poodie's not, you know, you walk in there and it's smoky. Like, Summer warned me, she's like, be ready to take about five showers to get the smoke out of your hair. It really wasn't that bad on the night we went. One shower did it, you know. Um, But it's a rough place, right? I mean, the people there, the songs that are sung, I knew I wouldn't find God in the lyrics. Because the lyrics were... um, the first song that I was talking and the first song I actually actually listened to, I was like, okay, I'm gonna listen to this song, and it was about like my an ex-girlfriend and how you wanted to just give her the one lap to go sign and you know burn down the house, and I was like, wow, <laughs> okay, I can't make that into a sermon. And then the next one was um, a lot of people started singing along. It was like a sing along, and it encouraged us to drink until part of our anatomy. Hit the floor. Um, Only I can't say what it was saying. And that was una mas cerveza, por favor, okay? So I was like, okay, not going to be in there. And then um, Christine was telling me that on a lot of nights, if it's a big crowd, people will go out onto the back porch. And they'll take their beers and they'll take their other stuff, uh, other stuff, out onto the back porch. And she said one time some of the other stuff was a monkey. There was like a monkey there. Like at Pootie's. Like, hey, monkey, let's go listen to this music. And so she got to hold the monkey, which is pretty cool. And as she's holding the monkey, the owner was feeding it something. Christine's like, what, what kind of monkey food do you have? You want to know what the monkey was being fed? Strawberry marijuana. <laughs> So the monkey was getting high while Christine was holding it. And it was just, I mean, that's like pooties, okay? So that's the challenge of what y'all gave me. Of where do you find God in a monkey getting high on strawberry marijuana? I don't know. That's hard. But I did find God. And at first, I found God in something that reminded me more of a Wookiee. Y'all like Star Wars? Like Chewbacca? Chewbacca is nine feet of fur and teeth and the accessory he chose for some reason, not pants, because you don't need pants if you're a Wookiee, an ammo belt, you know, a bandolier of ammo. It just makes him look that much more ferocious. Right. And so I'm sitting there at Pootie's, and the, the band is playing and there's a guy up in the front with like a jolly belly and a white beard and a bandolier with something shiny in it. And I was like. Really? Do you really need to pack heat here? You know, like when you're going to play, you know, the patrons might get a little rowdy and you need to lock and load or something. And so I thought, surely not. Surely it's not ammo. Um, Guess what it was? Harmonica bandolier. I saw God in that harmonica bandolier. Um, Yes, the songs were about heart-wrenching pain. And sometimes they were about wanting to pay somebody back for the pain that they had caused. They were about um, wanting to drink until oblivion at the end of a really hard day. They were just about the heartbreak of life. But in the middle of that was this guy who wasn't part of the band, but he sometimes sits in, who had the audacity to wear 15 harmonicas slung across his chest because he believed, I am going to get to use these. And I talked to him in the break, and I said, so how many harmonicas is that? You know, like, do we really need fifteen or whatever? He said it's fifteen and I got forty five in my case over there. And guess what? Mickey has a case. I thought I'd show y'all a case. Um, I don't think you have forty-five in this case. I think that that's ambitious, right? All you really need is twelve? So this was uh, this was audacious, y'all. I mean, to play with the Cadillac dogs on a Saturday night at Pooty's and think, I need sixty harmonicas to do this and do it properly that's an audacious thing to say, isn't it? A little crazy. And I like that. Because I think it, faith invites us into that little bit crazy space. And this bandolier harmon... You can only see a few of them, but he had them all. All up and down. And he'd just plug one in and start playing. And he reminded me of David in the Bible. David is one of my favorite people in the Bible. His life could have made an entire set of songs at Pooties. Okay? He's like a country western singer's dream come true because everything happened to this guy. He was the youngest in the family. Any youngest children out there? You could write songs about that, right? Just being the tormented youngest child. Um, So David was the youngest. While his brothers were off fighting battles, he was left tending sheep. While they were running wars, he was running errands for them, right? When his father lined up, when Jesse, his father, lined up his sons proudly for Samuel the prophet to look at, he didn't even bother to include David. Whatever, you know, the last one. (laughs) Doesn't count, right? And so Samuel's like, is this really all of them? well, there's that youngest one tending the sheep. Samuel's like, well, go get him. And Samuel sees him and he's like, this is the guy God wants to be king. All right. Big win, right? Except no, because there was already a king who had displeased God. And if you displease God, you're a pretty bad dude. And this guy was a bad dude. And so here's this young man anointed to be king, but old bad dude on the throne still. So... Saul starts trying to kill David. That would make a nice song, right? Most of us have bad lives, but people aren't like actually trying to kill us and sending hitmen to our homes. That happened to David. He lost his best friend. They had to be separated. He, after the hitmen at the house, he had to run away. Saul had allowed David because of, he was a great fighter, it turned out to be. I mean, he was awesome military. That, those were his two gifts. He was strong in battle, and he was a powerful musician. Okay, so David's strong in battle. He marries Saul's daughter, the king's daughter, and then Saul, the hitman, and runs him off. And then Saul takes David's wife and marries her off to another man. I mean, so heartbreak. He could have written, he was heartbroken. He would have written so many songs about that. Um, He lives as an outlaw across the border. Now, across the border, he's been... um, fighting with these people. He's been leading military campaigns. So that's dangerous because now he's a fugitive from his own country where he was a mighty general basically. And now he's in this other country where he's been, you know, leading campaigns against them. So he's in this really dangerous place, living in caves, all these malcontents. If anybody was like upset or had a beef with the government, they went out to David and he led those people. You think that was easy? No, no, no. It's hard to lead happy people, let alone everybody who's got an axe to grind and is working on it while you're trying to lead them. So this was David's life. And when he finally became king, even then he had problems. Some he made himself. Like he saw a woman that he thought was pretty hot, you know, and he went after her and they he got her pregnant and he had her husband killed. And then their baby that they had together died. I mean, and he came back to the Lord and, and said that was really wrong. I mean, after that, his son, one of his sons led a coup against him and he was driven out of the palace as an old man on the run and he didn't know if he'd get back. I mean, y'all, if this can't make a country music set at Pooties, I don't know what can. This was David's life. And yet if you gave that man one minute, it was like he was carrying around a bandolier of harmonicas. And whatever it was that was going on, whether he was heartbroken over losing his wife, whether his best friend had just died, whether he was terrified because he was living in a cave and God had said that he was going to be king, but here he was an outlaw, or whether he just thought the night sky looked brilliant one night, he'd pull out a different harmonica and sing a song about that. I love that attitude. Because oftentimes when we're in church we have about three harmonicas we're willing to use. We're willing to use the God is wonderful harmonica and the Jesus is a great savior harmonica and the I'm so thankful harmonica. God is wonderful. Jesus is a great savior. Thank you. Thank you. This is true, y'all. God likes to hear songs on those harmonicas. But the man at Poodie's reminded me there are so many more songs, so many more harmonicas, We could pull out. And do we, the reason folks go to Pooties is because when you go there, somebody's singing about something that you have felt, that touches your heart, that ministers to you in some way. And you're going there because you can all sing together, you can listen to those things together. Why would we have to go to a bar to do that? Should we? Shouldn't we be able to bring the proverbial bandolier of harmonicas here in our church and share life together like David did? Because that's what David did. He was a leader. And he made these songs up and then he talked them to his people. Let's sing about how it is to have a rebellious child. That's in there. It's in the book of Psalms. Go look it up. Let's go sing about how it is to feel lonely or threatened. Let's sing about how it is to really mess up and be sorry about it. Let's sing about how beautiful the lake is today. All these things David made songs about using all these different harmonicas. Now, y'all realize I'm being metaphorical, right? Because I had the first people walk out, and they're like, I don't play the harmonica. <laughs> it's a metaphor, okay? It's a metaphor. We, God would love us to walk around with a bandolier of harmonicas. To believe that there is going to be a chance when I can use this one, and 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 this one. one. Not just put a few in our pocket and say, eh, that's probably all God can take. Because otherwise we're going to have to go to the bar. And when we go to the bar, we drink so we forget. We sing the songs, we say we're all in it together, and then we drink so we can have a little bit of oblivion and forget about it for one night. When we come here to church and we have a bandolier of harmonicas, we're saying, let's all experience this together, and then let's invite God into this. Because there is an alternative to just one night of forgetting it, and that is that God can lead us out of this, whatever it is, and show us the sunrise after the night of darkness. This is what David said. This is the scripture for today. I would challenge all this week you don't believe me about david and all of his songs go into the book of psalms that's the early song book of the church and look at all the ones that say of david that means that they're pretty sure that he wrote those and look at everything he's talking about he's talking about a lot this is psalm 30 and this is what he says this is a song that he taught to the people of god i will exalt you lord for you rescued me you refused to let my enemies triumph over me. O oh Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O oh Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. So where did I see God at Pootie's? And the invitation to carry around a few more harmonicas. To sing songs together in this church. To share life together. Real life. Not just three harmonicas, but the whole spectrum. And 45 more in a box just in case we need them. And in not just playing these songs for myself, or you playing them for yourself, but inviting others in to that mix. And then saying, I'm not playing these songs so that I'll forget or so that I can drink it away. I'm playing these songs in my life because this is what's happening. And because I believe, like David did, that God wants to be a part of this. And that after the darkness comes the morning. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would help us to have the audacity to carry around a bandolier of harmonicas. Even if we don't play the harmonica. To believe that all of life, just like King David did, could be made into a song, that you wanted to hear us talking to you about that, and that it's something we can share together because you want to lead us through. So lead us through, Lord, and help us to to sing about whatever the day brings to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.